do you have Christmas decorations going on in the background there? It looks that way. <laughs> it does look a bit Christmassy. Um, you got no, a, bottle of, just... a bottle of bubbles? You're just ready for Christmas <laughs> any time of year, you know? Yeah, like I have a little smorgasbord, yeah. you know, yeah. of things um, just kind of ready and, and waiting. But yeah, I didn't really think about it like that. I just like to have... Um, you know, sparkly. You're just always in the holiday spirit, you know. I'm just always in the holiday spirit, you know. I like to have sparkly. Don't um, you just love things? Christmas the best, you know? All year round. Yeah. <laughs> I just like sparkly lights. I'm a I'm a magpie. I'm a total magpie. So you know, like I like a, the shiny things. Yeah, yeah. That's like uh, uh, a. Uh, what are the peacock? Is that like the same type of when somebody's? Oh, no. No. Oh, no. magpies well, attracted to shiny things. I guess magpies are attracted to shiny things, and there is an American bird I think that does the same thing. Like oh, if you already, leave, we're already getting into the, the ignorant immigrant. Already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there is an American bird that does that. Like if you leave your window open and there's like a bracelet or a necklace or a. Anything shiny, it could even be a scrap of tinfoil or something, you know, on mm. your windowsill. It'll swoop in and mm. pick them up. I don't know what the name of the bird is. I could be wrong. It might not even be. Forget I even said it. Forget I even said it. Well, I'm, it's I'm not kiwi, a bird. I'm kiwi enough to hate magpies. Um, oh, yeah. But um, have you ever been attacked by a magpie? Yeah. Yeah, they no. suck. On my bike. They're vicious. I had yeah, to me put, too. I had a black helmet and I had to put yellow dots on the helmet so it looks like eyes and so yeah. this they stopped because it looks like you're watching them so that somebody right. told me that and it worked Jason I think told me that but anyway I was because yeah. you know, I'd ride my bike and there was this uh, around the bridge pot triangle and there was a set of trees that every mm-hmm. time I was like what the hell is that and it was the they were coming down and, and attacking my helmet and uh, uh yeah it's scary like uh, as a child, we lived um, we lived in a little town south of Hastings called Takapau, uh, or Takapo is how it's pronounced properly pronounced. Um, yes, you told us about your redneck town before. Go, go on, go yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great little town. Sorry, you know, anyway. sorry. But we were um, right next to big paddocks, which would have these huge like windbreaks of pine trees. Yeah. And I would have to walk across the paddocks from our house to the um, to the truck yard where my dad worked to like give him his lunch and stuff on a weekend. And you know, if he was around, or he might have forgotten something. Mum would say, "Off you go, walk across the paddocks, go give your dad his his lunch." And I'd be like, "No, Mum, please <laughs> don't make me walk across the paddocks." And she'd be like, "Oh, for goodness sake, just go, be brave." And the magpies would just be like, <laughs> yeah. you know, a little girl, they're going to swoop down and ski. They were horrible. And um, we don't have that yeah. problem in America. What? Because everyone's carrying guns. You just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a bit blown out of proportion, but uh, uh, no, I'm joking. That, that, uh, yeah, they make kids wear spiky helmets now, spiky bike helmets. Because this helmet has spikes on it. I've yeah. seen those. I thought that was just like a cool trend or something, you know. Um, yes, it could be. Punk punk helmet, anti-magpie. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what's happening? Um, oh, um, this is our first time doing a a remote podcast, a Riverside yeah. podcast. I hope it, I'm, uh, I'm kind of liking it. I'm hoping yeah, it's yeah. recording okay. 
seems to be fine. Um, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen after, um, after we're finished, like if it'll automatically save or I hope so. Cross uh, fingers. Cross yeah. fingers it saves. Um, <laughs> uh, other, uh, you know, the other, if it doesn't, then it's just nice to talk to you. You know? It is because where are you at the moment? I mean, I'm, I'm at, here. I'm at I'm at home, but I'm in you're Wellington. On the road. I'm in Wellington, uh, selling wine and uh, hmm. running around. I had a, uh, a lovely dinner last night at Field and Green. I guess Wellington on a plate's going right now. So, oh yeah, uh, they so do, tell people about Wellington on a plate for those that don't know. Uh, I'll do the best I can, but uh, <laughs> I know Visa sponsors it. That's uh, Visa Wellington on a plate now, and they. Um, uh, basically, all the restaurants around town for I guess it's is it the entire month of May or is it just a couple weeks? I think it's a week. I think a it's week, one okay. week. Yeah. So it's kind of like Restaurant Week or something, and maybe in other places, and they all focus on a like a new menu or a special dish or something. So okay. a lot of the a lot of the places we went yesterday um, were launching something last night because it was uh, maybe they weren't open on two Monday Tuesday or whatever, so they'll be doing. Wednesday through Sunday, um, and the two women who run um, uh, Field and Green, uh, they, I think at least one of them has Jewish heritage, so they every year do uh, Jewish, some kind of Jewish cuisine from a different part of the world, so uh, as we know, our Jewish brothers and sisters have been occasionally pushed out of certain areas. Uh, yeah, occasionally. For, for once you or know, twice. Tens of thousands of years. Um, and so uh, the food just pops up in different places. So um, Rome, for instance, I think they did Rome last time I saw them. So they did like an Italian Jewish kind of thing. Because the original ghetto and the word ghetto comes from uh, a place in Rome where it's right in the middle of the city. There's an old, uh, there's almost like a little island there. Or right. right next to this little island that goes between the river. Um Anyway, it's right there, but my cousin had taken me there years ago, and they, like, you see these, like, all these stacked houses that are thousands of years old or whatever, mm. um, and I think they've done, uh, where else have they done? Turkey or somewhere like that. a history lesson. It is. I, I just get into it. Well uh, but last night, they did North Africa, and, and that's what they're huh. doing this week, so some really bold flavors. Um you know, uh, cool. some different spices you haven't had, and and, uh, uh, and then kind of regional wines, so Mediterranean wines. It's not a lot of wine from North Africa, mm. but there's, there's mm. some from Sicily, uh, yeah. so and uh, south of France and stuff like that. So it's just kind of that that area there they were focused on, and it was really nice. Hmm. So they have the um, during Wellington on a plate. They have the uh, the burger. Um, contest as well. Well, they have had in previous years. I don't know if they're doing it this year. But I always wanted to do that in Hawke's Bay. I always wanted to yeah, do that. I think it would really work in Hawke's Bay. It could, it could work anywhere. You know, it's burgers. like it's the, the city's best burgers, and they come up with some really wacky um, combinations, really kind of elaborate burgers, mm. um, which is kind of cool. Yeah, we did a um, we did a wine friend um, event a couple of years ago for Wellington on a Plate. Um, a, it was called the uh, the Wellington on a Plate Wine Friend Power Lunch, 80s Power Lunch. Do you remember the 80s, sure. right, when everyone wore shoulder pads and pastels and had big hair and massive cell phones, like the very first cell phones were like these massive bricks, you know, if you were lucky enough to have one. Everyone had briefcases big, and big power suits and 
Big lines of cocaine, <laughs> yeah, massive yeah. lines of cocaine. Um, yeah. And, you know, you'd go and for, for lunch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the lunches would last like seven hours and everyone would be like, you know, answering their phones, bye, bye, sell, sell, you know. So, yeah, we did this fantastic um, 80s power lunch and nice. we on a plate with all this 80s food like um, – um, shrimp cocktails, uh, roulades, um, anything with sun-dried tomatoes in it. Um, what else was big in the 80s? Oh, just lots of, yeah, 80s food. It was Short fab. shorts. Lots of short shorts, lots of um, Don Johnson suits, lots of blazers uh, over T-shirts, um, no socks um, mm. in the loafers, and um, mid-heels, lots of white, um, white high heels. Um, yeah, it was great. But, um, yeah, uh, great. So you're in Wellington. I'm at home. Um, I was going to ask you a little ignorant immigrant question, though, that I thought about this morning. What is what? Well, I kind of know what it is, but I want to know why is spring break? Oh, what? Yeah. Why is it a thing? Um, (laughs) Just why? Why is spring break? Like, what? Uh, why is? Why does it happen? What is it, it all about? It's um, it's kind of weird how it works. Basically, um, it's not really a thing until, like, when you're in school, school or even high school, you get, you know, like a little winter break around Christmas, maybe two weeks or something, and then we so have. So you a really only have like two terms. You have like. How many, Based, yeah, two like, semesters. We call two them. semesters, like yeah. like university here in New Zealand. We have yeah. two semesters. That's but the way school has school four is, terms. No, school still has two semesters. They might call them quarters sometimes, but usually it's hmm. just semesters. So, two okay. semesters. The one ends at Christmas time. The other one ends in late May or June, depending on what state you're in and how fucking hot it's going to be. Like Florida, they got to stop school by like the middle of May because it's just too damn hot, you know? Right. Um, but <clears throat> anyway, they we have a long summer break though. So we have, you know, basically June, July, August completely off, you know? Um, wow. And some, you know, some but usually don't start school back up until after Labor Day, which is in early September. Um, but it, I don't know which I prefer or what I would have preferred, uh, like the Kiwi Aussie thing where you get the terms and you get bigger breaks in the middle. But when you're in school, in high school, you get like a little Easter break, you know, like uh, you might get the, from the Wednesday off and maybe the Monday off or right. people, but and you're pretty spring. much, and, and that's spring time, you know, Easter is Mark's spring for a lot of people. Okay. You know, that's, that's where some of those Don Johnson suits used to come out back in my day, you know, <laughs> some uh, pink and ties. And so they go to Cancun or so then, how long has that been a thing? So then when you go to uni or college, as we call it, uh, you actually get a proper big break. You know, it's more terms and uh, it's still semesters, but they ha- they're breaking up into two parts. And so you get like a fall break and a spring break. But the spring break is bigger. It's like significant. It's usually like two weeks, you know. And, um, and so it's just somehow, I don't know when, maybe probably in the, from the 60s, 70s, all in college, um, uh, enrollment started really growing in the U.S. that became more and more of a thing. And the U.S. is a very big place. People started, I think the original thing was like a lot of people from the Northeast would get in their cars and drive to Florida, you know? So right. like, 
So like the beaches in Florida became like spring break places. You know, there's a lot of gorgeous mm. beaches, despite what's Florida in the news. Florida's actually got some beautiful places. Um, sure. And so, you know, and back in the day, it was not nearly as populated as it is now. It was a bit of an adventure. You drive down Route 95 all the way to, to Miami or Boca Raton or, you know, mm. West Palm and all this kind of. Uh, or, you know. Is it like? Is it like? Do travel agents ha- do they do they say to the kids, "Hey, book this spring break now holiday"? Now is it commercial into, or is it? Yeah, now it's turned into a thing. Of course, everything in America, huh. ooh, we can make a lot of money on this. So, right. um, you know, there's packages now where you get some pretty good deals, and you know, you can fly to. Yeah, you know, I've never been to Cancun. I don't, I guess you could do that. Where did yeah. you go? Where, where was your spring break? Uh, I went to, <laughs> I never really, I was working most of the time, but then senior year, a bunch of us went to Jamaica and we went to Negril. And wow. fuck, it was amazing. <laughs> can only imagine what was going on there. I couldn't, I imagine it was good, wholesome fun. Just wholesome. Connecting and, with the outdoors, frolicking uh, in the sun. Well, here's the thing is like Jamaica's, uh, Jamaica was really interesting because first of all, every car is white in Jamaica. Like, and they look the same. They're like four door Hondas basically, or Toyotas maybe or something. And really? I finally asked a taxi driver, I go, why is every car white? Like I just, I've not seen like another color car here. And he basically told me it was because everybody's cheating on everybody and nobody, that's the way nobody can get caught. It's just all white cars. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he told me. And I was like, that kind of makes There's sense. There's a white car in my wife's driveway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody, uh, so nobody's, nobody's in anybody else's business, you know? And, wow. Uh, Crazy. Um, and that's I wonder probably, if it's still like that. That's probably the most wholesome story I could tell you about my trip in Jamaica. <laughs> Well, speaking of wholesome stories, have you got um, have you got any good news from this the week that's the week that was? Um, uh, I mean, the one the good foot is that um, I saw um, in Rotorua that a um, serial groper has been detained and he will be um, he's caught. And so I thought, get that guy off. Well, it'd be pretty easy because his hands would just be out there, ready yeah. to be ready to be caught. Um, like, yeah, I caught that in the news. I was like, whoa, um, that's like a that's, good. that's a unique one too. You know, like a guy who just can't. There's the flashers, you know, those pervs, um, but the serial mm. groper, that's kind of next level. You know, that's, that is that's, next level. You know, mm. but he's he's uh, you know he's on his way to becoming a serious problem, um, mm. and. Uh, yeah, off the streets now. But I was very impressed because they did name his name. And I've always been crazy with name suppression in New Zealand. I don't. Uh, it's a big thing in New Zealand. I don't know why either. Yeah. What was That's his a, name? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to know the name of the serial groper. His name. Yeah, just in case. Please uh, tell me it was Graham. Jason, or, or the, Jason Trembath. I don't know. Maybe one of your high school Jason mates. Jason Trembath. Yeah. Jail. Yeah, that name's uh, ringing bells weirdly. Oh, and Hawks Bay cricketer admits so he was he was a, uh, a former Rotorua and Hawks Bay cricketer. So he's oh known, my god, <laughs> he's a known guy. That that name, I, this is 
honest to God truth, that name is ringing bells. Have you been groped by the serial groper? I don't know. I don't know. I don't get groped much anymore. But, Uh, you know, back in the day, back in my day, I must have had a sign saying grope me. (laughs) (laughs) But Trembath, that's a name. That's that's, that's not a, that's a kind of unique name. And I, that's ringing bells. I don't know. Is that one of the Hawks Bay Dutch, duchesses, you know, names? Well, I don't know if it's one of the um, Hawks Bay royalty you know, aristocracy names. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Sorry, all the Trembaths out there. Um, I'm sure the family is fine, upstanding family. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it was it's ringing bells. But I'm really pleased that the, uh, the serial groper has been grabbed. Ah, and yeah. Is, and is now that. heading for the goal, as in the jail. The goal. He's been, he's been, the groper's been grabbed and gold. Yeah, yeah. Does that work? Sure, I don't know. Is there some sort of uh, cricket uh, pun that we could have here? You know, he's, um, maybe he's been. Um, he was oh, <laughs> the serial groper. Um, the serial groper bowls one too many googlies, and and is and is now on his silly mid-off way to. I'm, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still here. Just grabbing my tea. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about cricket. We've had this discussion before. I oh, okay, don't good. Because I don't really either. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. He, did, he definitely didn't um, didn't hit for six. Um, he was caught out. Yes, there he was you go. Caught out. There we are. That's the um, that's the one. Um, okay, grabbed, well that's good news. He grabbed news. too many wickets, or something like grabbed that. Too you know? many wickets. So yeah, that's yeah. good news. That's my good news. Okay. Do you have some kind of filter on because you keep going shiny or something? Oh, what? it must be the light coming in from their window or something. Oh the yeah, window. so I'm in my yeah, so I'm in my um in the back room and in the morning we've got like two sets of French doors. You've been here, you know what it's like. So there's massive amounts of sunshine just kind of pouring through. You're coming um, off uh, angelic, you know, like Oh <laughs> Do you want me you to know, like close the curtains or something? Girly filters, you know? No, no, it's, it's no too, there's yeah. definitely no filter. You'll be able to see every wrinkle, every bag, every I've probably I've probably dropped eyeshadow all over my cheeks, which is what tends to happen in the mornings when you have cheeks as um, as bulgy and, and plump as mine. You know, you try and put your eye makeup on and everything drops onto your cheeks and it's just you end up looking like a panda by the end of the day. I anyway, can't, I can't relate. Anyway, you can't relate. One day, one, give it a go. Try it one day. You know, just have a go. Well, down, try and put some to... eyeshadow on. Yeah. And we'll be right back. Howdy everyone, I'm Yvonne Lorcan, the co-founder and chief tasting officer for Winefriend, the best subscription service for wine in the land. And it's the best because my team and I hunt high and low to find amazing, interesting wines that we match to your individual taste buds. And then we deliver them to your door at a price and frequency that suits you. Now we know you want to try new wines, but we also know it's really hard to break free from those boring, safe, same olds from the supermarket. And it sucks when you spend good money on something new, but it doesn't taste great to you. Because everyone tastes wine differently, right? So we take the hassle and guesswork away, because if we know how your taste buds work, then you can trust us to go away and find great wines just for you. It's easy, just go to winefriend.co.nz, click on Get Started to answer a few fun questions about your taste preferences, choose one of our three awesome plans, your combo of reds and whites, and how often you'd like them delivered, and then sit back and wait for a whole new world of wine to open up. 
their wines from all over the world, their wines that I personally really love, and their wines that you're not going to find in your average supermarket. Plus, each bottle comes with a neck tag written by moi with handy notes that'll impress your friends. Our plans are totally flexible, you're not locked into anything, and you can buy more of the wines that you love with a simple tap or a click. Just use the promo code Yvonne, that's Y-V-O-N-N-E, for 24% off your first subscription case. So become a wine friend and we'll all live happily ever after. Cheers. And on with the show. Um, I've got some good, I found a really lovely little nugget of, um, of nice news mm-hmm. this week. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Cool. All right. So last week. It was reported by multiple news agencies around the world um, that a 48-year-old Australian woman, her name is Lillian Ip, as an IP, Ip, okay. Lillian Ip, survived for five whole days stranded in the Australian outback by eating the only food that she had in her car, presents for her mum, whom she was going to visit. She was driving to visit her mum. Um, she had a um, packet of lollies, so candy, sweets, so lollies. She had some lollies and a bottle of wine that she was taking to her mum. Now, Lillian doesn't drink alcohol Mm. at all. And she found herself in this very precarious situation in the Australian outback, which is a vicious, viciously hard place. You know, by taking a wrong turn. She took a wrong turn. She ended up getting her car stuck in... You know, I don't know, quick sandy, muddy sand, who knows. Mm. And um, she had the good sense to know that if, um, you know, if you wander off from your car, you're pretty much toast, right? Mm. There's no cell phone reception or anything where she was. So she's like, I'm going to stay put. I'm going to stay with my car. What have I got? I've got some sugary treats and this and um, evil alcohol, which turned out to be a lifesaver for her. So she's a convert. How great is that? Yeah, we got we one. We found her five days. We got one. <laughs> we need as many as we can get. <laughs> so good on her. She survived, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. So that was uh, good news. Hey, yeah. I, that brings up, that's great news. Um, that, hmm. that just triggered something in me. It brings me, you know, brought up something to me is that, you know how there's always that conversation about, um, oh, we don't get enough uh, young drinkers in the wine industry, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we're, we're, uh, you know, the beer and spirits do a better job of marketing to them and everything like that. Mm, yeah. Like, yeah. And the seltzer people and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And we, you know, yeah. we always talk about that, like sort of within the wine industry and what can we do to attract more, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Is it even so millennials the Australian anymore? Outback survival story is inspiring well, you. You said convert. Yeah. So you said convert. You know, we got one. Oh, yes. Know, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we got one. That, that's mm-hmm. what made me okay. think of that. And I was thinking over the last week or two that I'm kind of like, I don't know if I'm sick of hearing that or I think it's bullshit because I don't really remember when I was 20, to even 25, like I was the real weird exception that I drank wine, you know, that I was. Mm. And mm. so I don't know where that comes from i mean i mean i think there are people that drink wine in their 20s and i know that but like wouldn't you yeah. say that early on you were kind of more drinking other stuff you know like well do you know what early on i was i did actually become a bit of a wine wine nerd early on so you and i are the exception. <laughs> we're kind of the exception but you know what? all my friends would Let's be honest. You know, when you're in your when you're in your teens and your late teens and that kind of thing, you're really just you'll drink anything. Mm. 
you will just and drink. Wine, wine is too expensive. You'll drink usually anything. You know? And yeah, but back in the day, you know, back when I, you know, when I was a lot younger, wine you could get sweet. You'd get sweet fizzy wine for yeah. you know seven bucks a bottle, if that. Yeah. You know, like it, there was there was cheap. There were cheap thrills. There were cheap cheap thrills to be had. You know, so um, and there was a lot of. There was still a lot of fortified wines, so mm. sherries and ports and things yeah. were really easy to come by. They were wine easy coolers. To get. Did you guys have wine coolers? In yeah, the 80s? wine coolers. Yeah, yeah. Miami wine cooler. I, I remember being taken out for a lunch date, and I, this is crazy. This story. So I picked up from my school, <laughs> from my all girls school, by my the kind of boyfriend the guy I was seeing at the time. Picked me up. In was this car. a trim bath? Was this a trim bath? One of the trim baths? Um, no, not the trim baths. No, no. Um, his he had a Welsh name. Bran Branwyn was his name. Really odd name. Cousin nice guy though. Anyway, picked me up in his car and took me to lunch at a little um, at a little restaurant in the middle of Hastings. And he was in his high school uniform. I was in my high school uniform. <laughs> And we were so, he, they said, would you like anything to drink? And he said, we'll have, you know, Miami wine coolers, please. And they served us. Well done. Yeah. Which, yeah, like, yeah. What was that drink? A, in our school uniforms. But was it 18, the drinking age? And you guys were like 16. No, at the time it was 20. Oh, yeah, yeah, back in that Yeah, time. we're yeah, talking yeah. like, you know, we're talking 1989. Maybe the market the market crashed and that restaurant needed all, all the income. I think they just get. needed our money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, wine cooler was a thing. Although it was pretty low in alcohol, so it wasn't really. Um, I think cask wine, so a lot of boxed wine. Yeah. You know, you'd all chip in with your friends and take a cask of wine to parties and stuff. Um, yeah. So, so who, who would? I, but think, I mean. There'd be some I think I agree person. with you. Yeah, I want to get some marketing person on one day and argue mm. this 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 point with them. It's like, when was yeah. it ever a thing? You know, like I don't think it's I don't think it's a drama. I think people are just um, worried that it might become something only because there's so much more out there in terms of RTDs and um, seltzers and and um, hard sodas and all that you know all that kind of stuff. I just think there's more of that out there. But I don't necessarily think that it's going to stop young people from moving to wine. Exactly. I think they will. I know. They're going to grow up at some point, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've got a 23-year-old daughter. You know, she likes rosé, you know. And it doesn't even have to be sweet. It just, she likes it. But then she also turns up with cans of, you know, um, you know, gin and passion fruit soda. Anyway. Anyway. So that kind of, so, um, you know how we normally talk about something that's maybe a wine fail or a wine issue? I've got like a little kind of wine success thing that cool. I wanted to run past you. Have you heard about this new wine TV show that's hit Apple TV recently? Have you uh, heard maybe, about that? Yeah. yeah, maybe. I think I did see some, but go ahead, go ahead. What is it? Yeah, Drops of God. Heard of it? So we kind of, um, you know, last episode Ollie brought it up. Um, the um, the series called Drops of God. It's on Apple TV now. It's like an eight episode series. So it's, it's a about, Japan animation. 
or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's, a, it's yeah, based yeah. on um, the a manga, a Japanese manga series of the same name, which is really the, it's, it's quite an intense drama. So it's about this woman, Camille, who um, has she's been given the task of identifying a single bottle of wine. Like she's got to be able to taste it blind and go, this wine is from blah blah. Um, and this is the vintage and all the kind of really exacting blind tasting things um, in order. Like she's got to do this task in order to inherit her father's multi-million dollar wine collection, right? That he's been building up forever. So there's this, this is a world famous wine collection. She couldn't, she stands to inherit it if she can identify this one bottle of wine. The, um, the thing is, there's a couple of things that get in her way. So, First thing is, she doesn't know anything about wine, for a start. So, which I find kind of also a little bit odd, you know, if your Mm. dad is so full of... But actually, when I, the more you get into it, the more you realise why she's kind of not known. So she knows nothing about wine. Um, And she also has wine-tasting PSD because back when she was little, like a young... PTSD. PTSD. Yeah. Did I say PSD? Yeah. I don't know what is, what is PSD? Is that like a, it's pizzed. Yeah. I don't know. It's, a, it's not a video game. It's too early. I'm not even a bit pizzed. Um, mm. So she has PTSD from when her dad used to um, like force her to kind of taste wine and stuff. So he'd blindfold her as a kid and force her to identify foods and things with like one bite. So she just kind of went, no, I never want to do that stuff again. Um so, so those are that's a couple of things. So she knows nothing about wine. She hates the idea of blind tasting, and she's also got some competition. So there's, there's this guy, uh, a Japanese guy called Issei, um, who is like a young. He's a young guy. He was her father's protege, and he's uh, gunning to inherit the collection as well. So uh, it's like a, a fight between the two of them, and they've only got one month to identify this wine. So it's kind of this really crazy, intense thing. And um, and each scene is kind of told in either English or French or Japanese, depending on the location, you know, or where they are. So it's turned a lot of people. Um, it, well, it's turned what a lot of people think is quite a dry, boring subject. Because let's mm. be honest, you know, a lot of people think wine, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, you exactly. know, yawn inducing. Um, it's turned it into this kind of high stakes drama, which is. Pretty cool. cool. I mean, there are yeah. loads of people that go, oh, this is so stupid. It's really silly. I don't want to watch this. Well, but I think it's great. I think it's kind of fun. As long as there's no hentai involved, then uh, we'll be okay. What? No uh, hentai? It's Japanimation. You know, so I've just gone down that route. Hey, uh, you are, I didn't want to interrupt you, but you are full filter now. I can barely see you. Oh, you okay. Hold on. Blind, you need to shut your blinds or something. Whoa. The sun. Oh, my God. I'm looking at myself and I am. Full on blind. Okay, wait there. Let's yeah. have a look at this. I'll just look at your Christmas decorations in the meantime. <laughs> okay, let me just try and close a curtain. All right, two seconds. Okay, so there's the Christmas tree. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that's what we want. That's good. Is that better? Way better. That fixed it. Yes, amazing. All right, I'm back. Yes. <laughs> like that's how full on the sun is in this room it is mental that's good though it's like, good to have one a room like that though you know it's actually kind of like it's great it's it's kind of energizing because you know what they say um 
in the world of wellness, Dan? Yes. Do you know what? Do you know what they say? I'll tell you, you what need, they say. You need vitamin D. I don't know. You you do need vitamin D, but they say in order for you to have a mentally good day, in order to set your brain up and your mood up for the day, you're supposed to either go outside or stand near a window and look at the light, like not like directly at the sun, you know, obviously because you'll burn your retinas, but if you look at up at the light for, I think it's 20 seconds, okay. like, you know, mm. as long as you can before, you know, you can blink, I suppose, but just at least 20 seconds um, a couple of times in the morning, then that will absolutely set you up for a good day. You'll be in the best mood. You'll be, um, you won't be a bunch of ass for the day. I'm going to try that, you know, before my. You should. Yeah, oh, it, it, it oh, actually works. I'm in Wellington. Never mind. There's no sun. <laughs> hey, Wellington gets sunny. No, no. Yesterday was like torrential when I arrived, and then it got, uh, and then it was pretty gorgeous hmm. um, after that, you know. So. Okay. Um, and we'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Daniel from Decimal Wines. We've got a new collaboration, new promotion we want to tell you about. Uh, it's going to be up on our website under the Testify collaboration. A little banner at the top of the site with our Testify Red, which is a new wine we've released. The 2019 is coming out to rave reviews. 95 point wine from Bob Campbell and all those guys who know so much about wine. Uh, it's a collaboration with the Organic Farm Butchery, which is here in Hastings, but they're a national company. They ship organic grass-fed free-range beef lamb and pork all over the country so what do you get you get three bottles of the testify red along with a scotch fillet double pack pack of beef short ribs perfect for braising and a winter meal and two packs of premium mints to play around with a little ragu some sauce some burgers all that you know that includes freight and everything delivered all over the country for 200 bucks that's a great deal guys that you know if you think about the testify red this is my premium big red 56 bucks a bottle typically sold all over the world and then you're going to get almost three quarters of that of the 200 bucks value in just in wine so think about all that you're also getting scotch fillet double pack pack of beef short ribs two packs of premium mints all for 200 bucks. Hop online, decibelwines.com. Check out the banner. We're going to run it all for the month of May. Why May? May's got Organic Wine Week uh, and Organic Farming Week. So it's kind of the organic month, May. So we wanted to feature that and do this great collaboration with Matt and the fellows at the uh, Organic Farm. Uh, check it out, decibelwines.com. Click on the banner. Do it. And now we're back. So, uh... Yeah. What else a, is going on? I had a couple other things. Now, um, it, you know, I mentioned uh, newsy stuff. Uh, I wanted yes. to know if it was possible uh, as a sort of ignorant immigrant uh, without getting discussing our politics to discuss some politics. Okay. Is that possible? What's, where is this going? Okay, well, sure. I, I, it's, not, it's not really anything like that. It's just more like, um, you know... Uh, it, from time to time, this stuff is going to be in the news, and it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, sure. what's, uh, yeah, yeah. what's on your mind? Um, well, just yeah, what, we got a big election coming up, and what, it's going to mm-hmm. be a big shakeup. And uh, and 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 as a uh, uh, you know, 
Because uh, you can vote now. You're a citizen. So I, I voted before, though. I, was, I think I voted as a resident. Um, so okay. I definitely voted before. Um, and if you have any predictions or anything like that, like, because you know more of the long term stuff. Like, I don't, you know, I don't understand mm. like uh, multi parties. And I mean, I do understand uh-huh. how it all works, but I don't understand yeah. how like ACT comes out of nowhere. I'm like, I never heard of these guys. And then they come out and like all of a sudden they're like, yeah, they're at like 8%. I'm like, who are these guys? You know what I mean? Oh, well, that's an interesting one. I mean, ACT is, I guess it's, um, you know how you'll have people that are super loyal to a party. And I find this amazing even at the moment that, you know, I've got friends that are, you know, our age in their forties, you know, they're, they're full-grown adults. They have their, they've got their own children, families, whatever, mortgages, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they will still vote the way their parents vote because they don't want their parents to find out they voted something for someone different. You know, there's a soul, well, our families always voted this way, so we'll vote this way. It's like, oh, my gosh. Wow, I never, that's, that's what, You know, far out. If anything, it would be know, the opposite just, where I came from. <laughs> that's right, yeah. So it's like, think for yourself, you know, um, I um like I'm sort of, I suppose I'm kind of left leaning, but I I I vote on on policy. Yeah. Um, I'm not a personality voter. I'm a policy person, so I do I try and keep up with things. But um, I think when you see parties like um, ACT come out, it's where perhaps people that are loyal to <clears throat> one party, <clears throat> excuse me, like for example, National. And they might think that national or that party is softening a little bit, you know, um, <clears throat> that they're not as that they're not standing as hard for the things that mm. that person wants. So this other party will sort of come out of the the woodwork and go, okay, well, we'll go hard on that for you. We'll go hard on that for you. And so it just kind of takes the fringe people, the extreme people, away from yeah, because obviously other national and, and labor are kind of like in the middle. And then, They're in the middle, yeah. These other ones come out, mm, but mm. Um, but I just think it's almost like these, uh, yeah. Act is the kind of um, uh, you know it it it'll pick up on the um, the 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 disenfranchised and the mm, um, the yeah. the ones that are the alt right. Um, the alt right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess, is what you could say. Every you know, everything that people are disappointed in, they'll go. We'll fix it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. seen any policies. I haven't seen any. Um, oh, there. I, they, I, I, think, look, I looked them up one time. Kind they, of, they, they like sort of list them, but it was ridiculous. It was like. You know, you don't like 80 kilometers on the roads, you know? It's like, whoa, yeah, that's, we'll like a, change it. that's a pretty it's, random it's like, one. Actually, they're kind of like they want to oppose their way into um, yeah. government. You know, yeah, and I don't, a, and I, that I, guy's I, a goofball. Like, he looks almost cross-eyed in his, uh, in his, in his picture. He's, for yeah. somebody who uh, uh, is pretty, I guess, uh, yeah, like all, all mm. right, you know, he's got such a goofy look about him. It cracks me up. Um, but then, you know, I don't um, sometimes... I don't, he's one of those yeah. guys where I hear him. Occasionally, you hear him talk on the radio, and you go, "Yeah." Uh, you're like, oh, "This guy's pretty like he seems like real polishy, wonky kind of guy." And then mm. I see a picture of him, and he's like a total. <laughs> 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 I'm like, "What the hell is up with this guy?" I know, and it shouldn't kind of it shouldn't matter, but it's sort of yeah, it, it does have an effect. But I yeah, I'm. I just think that uh, they just seem to be hanging around, waiting to pick up the um, the the. 
the the people that um, don't like any kind of softening or middle ground. Mm. You know, they're mm. the people they want. They want people to. Uh, they want to relax our gun laws. You know, they want to. Um, yeah, like like you say, put the speeding um, the speed limit back up to. You know. That one was just around. I remember some of the other ones. But he does. Like, oh, it's okay. things like that. But it's it's you know the school system, the truant um, ways that um, you know our youth justice system, um, social welfare, those kinds of things. They want to just fix it all, but they're not exactly telling us how, and they want to kind of do everything really brutally, like sort of rough ride roughshod over everything. I don't know, but they're not they're not particularly my cup of tea at yeah, yeah. all. Um, yeah, well, I have a, but it's I an have interesting a, one. I have an observation, like from my time that's been here, and uh, and you could tell me if if this isn't uh, out of whack or whatever. But I felt yeah. like I so I moved here in two thousand eight, right? And that yeah. was uh, Helen Clark was prime minister. I told my story yeah. that I randomly met her uh, at, at a wine bar one time. Uh, up there, I was here for like five months or something. But yeah. um, so she did. Was you in, know who she was at the time? No, well, yeah, because they told me the prime minister was coming and I was going to be the oh, bartender. Right. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, so you yeah, got yeah. a warning. You knew she was coming. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was like a labor party thing and I happened to be working at the restaurant. So anyway, um, and then it, I, I remember saying there was an election coming up and obviously at that point I was just a student, so I had no um, uh, voting or anything like that. But I would ask around and it just seemed like everybody was going to vote for national, right? It was like mm. they're, they're going to... They're gonna they're gonna win, and, and I, every time I asked oh, everybody, woman in power. Ooh. yeah. Well, she was in for a long time though, right? She was like nine years or something. Or she was, um, yeah. she was working for a while, but anyway. Yeah. And I would ask around, and it just seemed like oh, we just want to change. We just want to change. That was like the answer uh, I got from from everybody. It was like mm. it was time for a change, and it wasn't like anything based on. I mean, rarely do, you know, the common, you know, six pack Joe have a, uh, yeah. like a real anything about policy other than like, um, you know, maybe I feel they feel like they're more right or left or something like that. So I just was like, oh, OK, well, they just want to change. <laughs> but that was all I really got out of anybody ever. It was time for a change. Which seems right? so weird, doesn't it? Just change yeah. for change's sake. Like but if, then I think the if, same thing, you know, certainly happened um, after John Key was in uh uh, office for a long time. And well, he my, resigned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then they had the election not long after that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, from what I could see, um, in that both in those times, you know, broad picture zooming out, that New Zealand seemed to be in a good spot and was growing mm. and was like, mm. you know, it seemed like good times, you know, like mm. overall there was some ups and downs, the global financial, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. But it seemed like that whole time, you know, without getting into any opinions, and this is what, you know, I'm trying to stay away from about who, who, who you know, this and that, but it just seemed like uh, it was pretty steady rising, you know, like I think overall the Yeah, it economy, was, and then, you know, you'll recall what happened a year later. We suddenly went into the global financial crisis yeah. and everything. Um, yeah. Just, and then, you know, we, we had a massive, um, uh, that was, we, yeah, so there was the GFC, 2009, when that coincided with um, the New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc glut. Do you remember That's that? Right. Yeah. 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 So we had our wine industry just kind of went fuck because yeah. we had um, uh, just this massively huge Sauvignon Blanc harvest. And of course, you know, Sauvignon Blanc is the fuel that runs the engine room of our 
wine economy here and there was just so much of it and it was very average mm. and a lot of the world's big wine critics were saying what's happened to New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc this is mm. pretty pretty average it's not great and so it wasn't it wasn't selling and then it was you'd see Sauvignon Blanc for you know two pounds a bottle you know in UK supermarkets and stuff it was terrible it's a problem yeah, so they, they kind of managed that. So it was rosy crisis. and then it went. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. But overall, didn't hurt New Zealand as, mm. as much. No, not no. the same as Sauvignon Blanc thing. Um, but mm. I feel like now mm. it's going to be, it could be some interesting election coming up. Yeah, it will be. And of course, this I think it's unprecedented in that um, we've had a. a um, a pandemic in which um, so so much of the government's coffers, I suppose, were depleted because of helping people stay in business. Mm. You know the um, um, the wage, you know, everyone getting the the wage subsidy and and um, that kind of thing. So a lot of cash just went straight yeah. out, and um, and somehow. We've got to build those things up again. Yeah, you know. So we're 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 going into an election where the the government doesn't have a lot in the bank, so to speak, because it's been given to us. You know, and not not it's that it's an easy tricky. thing, and not that mm. uh, it's an easy thing to solve. But I, that's mm. something I you know everybody talks about little things like that, but I don't hear like a clear. But this is no. what we got to do to get sort of out of this. No. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, there's not much of the, I don't hear as much of the. This is what we've got to do to get out of it. I think at the moment people are going. What are the immediate problems mm. in terms of? Okay, we've got teachers striking at the moment um, because of the, we have this massive cost of living crisis. I, mean, I don't know about you, but I went and got my groceries yesterday, and it I cannot even fathom like I look at the bags of groceries and I go this is 200 bucks yeah and there's got there's like four bags yeah of stuff like 200 you know it's it's crazy so massive cost of living crisis so wages in um wages are not keeping pace with that we've got essential workers like our teachers um not happy and rightly so our nurses um, yeah, we don't have enough just, hospital help. We don't have enough. We enough don't doctors. have enough medical professionals. We don't have enough doctors. We don't have enough nurses. We don't have enough um, specialists. We don't have enough funding for, um, you know, St John's, our ambulance service, and things like that. You know, so our health system is radically um, depleted. Our education system is having real tough times. You know, attracting teachers, good teachers, into the positions all around New Zealand. You know, little schools. There are schools here in Hawke's Bay, rural schools that have been advertising for teachers for, you know, years, <laughs> years yeah, you know, and yeah. they've got, and there's houses for them. There's all these things and they still can't find staff. You know, the money's just not there. People don't, you know, people don't want to have to pay high petrol prices to drive a distance to work and back and all do that you, kind of thing. Do you think that, um, so that, those things are going to that, be fixed. You know, uh, as a, somebody who grew up here, uh, do you think mm. that immigration would 
help that as somebody who's an immigrant, yeah. you know, so, Absolutely. Uh, you know, opening yeah. the borders to the right people. Totally. And, and I know they're doing that at the moment, like they're, they're trying, but it, the wheels just seem to be working too, too slow. slowly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but like with anything, it's like bring the talent in, make it easy for people to come in and, and work here, but you've also got to make it affordable for them to live here. You know, you've got to have, there are no rental properties. Mm. You know, it's really, and house Plenty prices are huge. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty of Airbnbs. But that's it. You know, so a lot of people are weighing up, oh, New Zealand is sounds like an amazing lifestyle, um, peaceful, safe country to live in, generally speaking. Yeah. But so expensive. Is it worth it? You know, I'm, the wages that I'm going to be getting in New Zealand are not the same as I'd be getting in Australia or, you know, other parts of the world. The housing is so expensive here. Food is so expensive here. Education is expensive here. You know, um, I just, I just think there's a lot. There are a lot of issues that need to be um, yeah, addressed big, big. because even if you do open the gates, are they all going to come? Yeah, like, yeah. they're not. They don't seem to be coming. I think you from know. some some places they would, but um, some places, yeah. I think what's you've got to always, have the right people. I always mm. found what was interesting is like how every country the politics apply to that country. So you know, it's probably getting the conversations in the U.S. For instance, on immigration mm. is starting to open up a little more. But okay. like you go back in the last even ten years, if you said anything about immigration reform in the US, you were a racist, you know? And it was like, well you gotta have some oh. kind of border issue. You know, well, I mean I guess you've got to be careful, you know, you don't want hardened criminals and yeah. that kind of thing coming in all the time. I mean that's that's but the that, thing. But that, I do think people have like the US has a problem where there's just so many people coming in from right. the Mexican border that they yeah, literally yeah. can't handle it. And they're trying um, all different kind of stuff. It's a really hard problem to fix because they've always it's always just been there. And there's so many issues in South America mm -hmm. and everybody coming up. So they're trying all these different things. But more on just the conversation of it, mm -hmm. I think, like, you you know, say somebody who's like, you know, like me, who is, you know, probably more left-leaning, mm -hmm. you know, you, could, you couldn't even really talk about it. And I go, well, you think New Zealand's like more of a liberal – bastion and a place like that and they have like we have like real tough immigration here like it's we do really, we do yeah, but you know? it's like we what you know that i think um i mean I'm, I'm a bit of a i like the idea of i don't like the idea of borders per se i like the idea that you know if people feel unsafe in their in the country of their, their birth or wherever they've ended up they should try and they should be able to come to a safe country mm -hmm. they should be able to come to a country where they can um you know where they can live work have families, you know, um, and contribute to to that society. I believe that should be the case. That's that's yeah, yeah. How I how I see things, but you've got and to also, have an economy. You've got to have a country that can withstand mm -hmm. that and cope with it. And um, yeah, so how do you do that? How do you do, how are we going to do that, Dan? I don't know, but just, <laughs> you just go every time we go back it's to the US. A podcast, yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. We could solve that one. Anyway, we got real serious anyway, there for a second. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. We got very serious there. Woo! That, just, that was good. I'm glad. You know, was, it's good to once in a while, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel not under so much stress because Aaron's not looking through me in the window in the other room. No, you know? but you can see, can't you, on the on the corner of your laptop? You know, you know where the time is going, right? Oh, so no. you know we have to wrap this up. We we do have to wrap this up. <laughs> I have to put some. I don't even
don't have um, any – what am I going to do? I'm, I've got a big wine tasting day today. Okay, me too. And I've got a big – hold on. Oh, big box. Big oh. box of wine friend samples arrived this morning at 6 a.m. So I'm going to power my way through those. And um, – yeah, got a bunch of wines today. So, oh, I need to send you your notes. You sent me a wine too that I need to send notes to, which I have. I just I keep forgetting to send them to you. I'm so sorry. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On the Testify Red. We, yeah, we've got it. Speaking of uh, good value, we have a, uh, a deal for the Organic Farm Butchery uh, and the Testify Red. Now, granted, this is a premium wine and mm. uh, premium, but as far as that, part of the market uh i would just give a plug to the organic farm butchery uh you could go into their shop in hastings but all throughout new zealand the best thing to do is go through to their website and they actually yeah. have like amazing meat uh because if you go in their shop it's not quite as much as the selection that is online and if you go online it's i think it's really important to find this type of stuff in around new zealand with the grocery prices the way yeah. they are and, and yeah, a lot we should of people put them um on our on on the um, put their website on the show notes. Yeah, I can do that. Um, yeah. They because you can order from them and then like just supplement, you know, and, you know, and get uh, which is way more affordable when you see mm. uh, the stuff they're offering and the size of what they, you know, and if you have a little freezer space or something like that, I think that's where we have to just get a little smarter than just mm. going right out to the supermarket every two or three days and just buying them. You know, that's where we get stung. You know. Do you know yeah, freezer space is an issue, though. I never have enough freezer space. And the reason for that is because I have a husband who is a fisherman. Mm. Well, that's good. We need to do a swap, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've just got um, – and I and I bought him a, um, a vacuum packer oh, sealer, awesome. food sealer awesome. thing. Mm. So, yeah, we have – we have lots of fish in our freezer, so we'll definitely do a. Here I am, talk to me. You know, we'll, we'll, I we'll, will when you get back from Wellington. Except you don't need any wine, so I don't know what to give no. you. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yes. Services, mm. you'll just see me out there. Services, my, I, I, look, you know. hey, I need my vacuuming needs doing. I'll send my um, seven-year-old over. You know. Yeah, a lot of dusting. Mm-hmm. The, the house is um, quite dusty. Child so, labor is yeah. good. Child labor is great. All right, well, I am going to see what happens to this thing when I stop it. Yeah. Hopefully it records it, it. It says it's recording all, so we'll go from here okay. and uh, see what happens. And then, um, uh, yeah, now that we're we'll, – hopefully we get more confident with this and maybe we can do a guest, you know, one of us, have somebody – certainly when I'm traveling overseas, Pitching I'm going to work on some guests, but um, and I'll talk to you soon about next week all right. and all that kind of stuff. Very cool. All right. Adios. Um, Travel safe. Do all that good stuff. And uh, yeah. Ciao. See you later. Ciao. This podcast is handpicked, whole bunch pressed, wild fermented and produced unfined and unfiltered by Daniel Brennan and Aaron Cash at New Song Studio.